Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mailbag Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And fellas, we are, uh, what, about 18 hours or so removed from the Hawks' 7-2 loss at the Jets. If you missed last night's postgame show, it was a doozy. Uh, make sure you go check that out. But today... As we do most Mondays, we're going to dedicate the show to answering your many, many Blackhawks questions. How's it going, fellas? Good. Good. It's the original Good. Mailbag Monday uh, yeah. segment on CHGO. Don't let any uh, intimidators fool you. We came up with this idea. Yeah, we invented yeah. the whole per- the whole concept of the Mailbag podcast was invented yeah. by us, and now it's being thieved by our colleagues and by our enemies. And I, for one, will not stand for it. Look, they don't throw out those trademark symbols just to anybody. Right. All right. right. So, you know, when you see that TM, lawyers. when you see that TM, you know, it's uh, you know, it's original. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well as I adjust my background. There we go. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube page as well. Uh, make sure you are, if you're listening on the podcast, that you subscribe there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, make sure you're subscribed to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast and all the great CHGO podcasts. And one final reminder, it is Cyber Monday here at CHGO. If you're looking to stock up on CHGO merch, I've got my CHGO fire shirt on right now. It's on the bottom left of your page there. If you're watching on Mm -hmm. YouTube, up to 50% off everything in store at CHGOlocker.com. And you diehards, ho, ho, ho. You save even more. An additional yeah. 20% off. So last I checked, that's up to 70% off everything in store at chgolocker.com. If you're not a diehard yet, here's a great opportunity to jump in and take advantage of these massive savings. And oh, guess what? You sign up to be a diehard and you get a free shirt or hat of your choice anyway. So there you go. Get a free hat, get a free shirt, uh, save 70%. What more do you need to do? It pays for itself, like we told you when this Die Hard uh, program launched a couple weeks ago, and it's been a huge success. So thanks to everybody who jumped on uh, to become a Die Hard recently or who's been a Die Hard since day one. We appreciate it either way. Yes, jump on those deals. It's a good uh, It's a good time to do so. It's the holiday season, and nothing says nothing shows how much you care about a loved one than a nice CHGO T-shirt or hoodie. I, I just had a great, great idea of our next diehard virtual event we can do. Uh, our diehards watch diehard virtually with CHGO <laughs> personalities. See? It's Christmas movie. Like it's Christmas time. Let's Christmas do it. Christmas time, yep. I thought you were going to uh, suggest like a fashion show like in Slapshot where the mm-hmm. three of us go model all of our uh Well, CHGO we got to wait. That, that's off-season, off-season okay. topic. Yeah. yeah. Giving Greg the, the forceful look. <laughs> All right, let's get to these questions because we've got a ton. Steven mm-hmm. is running the show today. So, Steven, go ahead. Just throw one up there and we'll get to it. All right, this one comes from Ted. He says, so far, Kyle Davidson's trades have focused on the draft picks rather than prospects. Do you get any indication from your club sources that this that, that might change this year? 
Well, you know what, Ted? That's a good question. And and that's something we've talked about a little bit where he hasn't really gone out in pursuit of picking up other teams' young players. Um, and that's something as we were sort of speculating what might happen with Alex Debrinkit. We were looking at, you know, the Devils just would not go away in that conversation. And we were talking about some of their prospects and who might be part of a package. But yeah, so far, all the trades, aside from, you know, Peter Morazic, which was to get a first round pick and to take on a bad contract, uh, it's all been draft picks. And I, I would like to see Davidson pick up a, a team's younger players uh, to start filling out this roster next year a little bit with guys that can, that can do a little more than your Reese Johnsons and your other Reese Johnsons because there's 50 of them. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's more situational. Like, of course, he went for prep, uh, picks last year because he had no – he he had no first round picks, so he needed to get some picks. Yeah, I think he's focusing on picks this year just because of the depth and the quality of this draft class. You want to get as many uh, scratch offs as possible in that first round, and then after that, I think I, I think we'll see more of the hey, okay, we're gonna have this roster next year with all this salary cap space, but we don't want to get too good. So we'll take your worst contract and your best prospect off your hands for little to nothing. I think you may start seeing some prospects tagged to some bad contracts as they try and hit the cap floor next season. Because I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I also want you to be informed so when it actually happens, we don't have all this fake outrage we've had the last few days. Next year's team is probably going to be worse than this year's team. Just brace yourself now. Yeah. So – I think they'll be – it's more situational. I think they'll obviously be focusing on getting some already drafted prospects as well, and you may see more with them trying to take on bad contracts. I think it's less likely, too, that teams are <clears throat> more willing to give up a prospect than a pick because giving up a pick is – it's it's a chance. It's a like we said, like it's 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 kind of a lottery ticket. Giving up a prospect, one that's already maybe shown you a, a bit of what they can do, whether it's in Europe or juniors or in the NCAA or wherever it is. Um, I think teams are a little less uh, likely to give up those kinds of players, unless it's like you know a prospect that maybe hasn't turned the corner in their development path that they might have expected uh, to at, at a certain point. So I think teams are a little bit more. Um, likely to hold on to those to those players until you know maybe a, a deal comes by that, that that they they really have to make um but i think yeah this this past summer uh in the draft davison was really focused on, on getting as many picks i think that'll be the, the the scenario again like greg said given the depth of this draft class where second round picks this year could have been first round picks last year like that that's what we continuously hear from from the draft uh, analysts and, and and scouts and things. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll still be picks until we get into next season. Greg, something interesting you said where the team's going to be worse than they were last year. That I think that's probably true. However, I do feel like next year's team will be a little more interesting to watch because there will be a couple guys that you could potentially see being part of this thing when they're good again. I mean, I don't think there's any way they could justify keeping Reichel down beyond this year. Even if he plays this entire year in Rockford, there's no way you can't start the season without him next year. There's some other young prospects you'll probably want to bring up, and that will at least make the team a little more interesting because we were talking yeah. about it last night. Like, it's one thing, like, we compared it to the Bears. Like, yeah, the Bears are losing every game, but you're getting to watch Justin Fields develop, right? And you're seeing some, some other younger guys kind of stake their claim on the future of this team, this Hawks roster doesn't have anybody like that except maybe Philip Kurashev. That's really he, the only guy, but he's not even like a fields level. Oh, guy. Hell, like no. Kurashev, Kurashev is not, you're not building around him. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jim says, what would be the market for a guy like Domi or a Both seem to be playing better than just filler. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the idea of getting them is you feel like you can probably flip them for, I would say, at least a third that would be i would think maybe a little more than that yeah you might be able to get a little bit more um than for for those two guys those are two players that have a skill set that uh teams that are contending as we get later in the season and and start looking at what they want to be able to do in the postseason um as they you know try to build out their 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 roster for a potentially deep Stanley Cup playoff run like don't domi is a guy that you can throw in 
into your middle or bottom six on a contending team and give you some grittiness, give you some some edge, uh, and and also bring you know skill along with it. Like he's not just gonna be out there trying to agitate people. He can also you know he he can play. Um, and Athanasiu is a guy who is just he's he's got a ton of speed uh, and he's got a ton of willingness to you know take the puck directly to the net as if if there's no other play that he can make he has no qualms about just trying to burn somebody and go directly to the net and and those are guys that on contending teams um, in those kind of role player uh, roles teams want those those kinds of guys so I, I think as we get you know, deeper into the season, closer to the deadline. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, uh, if they keep this up, we're going to see a pretty hefty market for, for those guys. Um, yeah. As, as, if they can get multiple mid round or even up, up into the second round picks, you, sh- you should do it. You definitely should do that, do that kind of deal. Yeah. Domi's uh, got his second highest point per game average of his career going right now at, at 0.67. So two points every three games he's averaging. That's second best of his career. Uh, so that's pretty good. And, and Athanasiu has shown those flashes. I think if you have your expectations of getting a third round pick for each, you're not going to be disappointed on the trade deadline. You'll either get exactly that or you'll be happy that maybe you got a little bit more it all depends on how they go and how, you know, you kind of want a ton of teams competing for wildcard spots. You don't want like basically eight, nine teams in, in it, you know, on each conference mm-hmm. because that really shrinks the market all of a sudden, or I should say it, it floods the market. All of a sudden you have a bunch of, you have, you know, 11, 12 teams selling. You want that Eastern conference to say crazy tight to where you only have five or six teams really selling at the deadline. Cause then all of a sudden those guys become more valuable because there's just not as many of them on the market. So in a, in a perfect scenario, the both playoff races in the East and West become very, very tight, stay tight to where there's only six or seven teams that are really looking to unload guys. And then all of a sudden it becomes a buyer's market. Let's get to our super sellers market. A $2 super chat from Alton. He says, who do you think represents the Blackhawks in the all-star game this season? Uh, probably Patrick Kane. I mean, Kane or Taves, if they're still here. Yeah. If, if Kane is still on the team, it'll be him. Um, but there's no rule that says the Blackhawks must be represented at the all-star game. So we'll, uh, we'll see, but I, yeah, they leave it up to fan vote. I think, you know, fans know Patrick Kane. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes that, uh, you know, puts a guy in that maybe doesn't deserve to be there. But um, if, if if Patrick Kane is still on the team, when the All-Star game comes around, it'll be him. Yeah, uh, probably Kane or Taves. And then, um, you know what? Screw it. Let's John Scott Jack Johnson right to the All-Star game. Let's, <laughs> Let's yes. start that campaign right now. That would yes. be fun. I like that. Yeah, that would that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I would, and, and you can maybe do like the, hey, this guy's old, and let's give him one last uh, one last hurrah here in the All Star game. Yeah, hey, everybody he likes he, Jack Johnson. He's certainly been in the top ten percent of Hawks this year. That's for sure. <laughs> Which get that we'll get that Denver vote. Yeah, there you go. All right, what do we got next, Stephen? Uh, this one from Nathan. He says, I feel like we are beginning to see some real frustration start to peek through with this team, which I understand, but could be very unhealthy for the locker room, not against the coach, just in general. Well, you saw after last night's game uh, that players only meeting was called and it was brief. And I've asked some people around the team what they've heard about it. And because there was no practice today, no one was really around. Um, So it kind of remains to be seen, like what the tenor of that was. Um, but Jonathan Taves speaking last night, just kind of saying like, Hey, we've got to, we got to get it together. We got to be ready to go. And it sounded more of like on the players to, to take responsibility than they were upset with any sort of coaching decisions or anything like that. Yeah. I don't think it was a, Hey, let's, let's do it for ourselves here. It was more of, Hey, you know, the coaches are telling us what to do. We're not doing it. Let's change that. Um, like I, I think I saw a lot of reaction to player players only meeting and people saying that, Oh, Richardson's lost the room already. I, that's not, that's further. That couldn't be further from the truth. Richardson even said last night, he says, I didn't go in there. I normally don't go in there after losses. I, I really only go in there after wins 
to see who they give the championship belt to and, and have a little fun with that. But, you know, it, Richardson's the type of guy that he know you know what the expectations are and you shouldn't need to have him come in there and yell at you after a loss. You know what you did wrong. Figure it out. Yeah, I, I think I think the uh, the point was made on on last night's show that you know maybe the the idea that the players understand you know the big picture here from the organization and they know no reinforcements are coming. They are the Blackhawks this year, and as the season continues, a good portion of them are not going to finish the year as Blackhawks. So. I, I, I do wonder if if that is kind of in all of those players' heads uh, a little bit, even if they don't, you know, admit to it. And and the middle of a seven-game losing streak, losing thirteen out of their last fifteen games. Uh, if if it was if it's an opportunity for those players to kind of look around uh, the room, look at each other, and just be like, "Look, we're in the shit. Like, let's try and we got to dig ourselves out of it. We got to start, you know, playing playing." more as a unit and less individual um you gotta be smarter and and to the point that we've we've made on this show multiple times they have to be as close to mistake free as possible to even be in in some of these games so um hopefully it was more of a discussion of like look like this we don't expect this group to be around for a long time let's make it for a good time at least i don't think being frustrated in the locker room is necessarily unhealthy that shows that they they give a crap yeah if they were just kind of yeah. like haha whatever we lost again that's a little more unhealthy to me than being frustrated yeah if you if you don't show any emotion then it that means that it that's showing that it doesn't mean anything to you if you're showing frustration it means something yeah, you, and you saw the, Athanasiu pissed off last night after the clear interference call was not called, and you've seen the tempers flare, and mm-hmm. that's that is a uh, that that's a sign of a team that that does care and does give a crap. I, the concept of Richardson losing the team is kind of laughable to me because I don't really know what he has done to lose the team. He's kept lines together. Uh, he's made some changes where they need to be made. You know, bringing guys in and out. Uh, he's playing a pretty decent rotation where guys are not sitting out too long and just not playing for long stretches of time. At some point, it's up to the players to perform. And yeah, they don't have a ton of talent, but 7-2 should not happen in the NHL, right? There's The talent gap should never be so big between the worst and the best. And guess what? Winnipeg's not the best by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Hawks just match up against them really, really poorly. Um but, yeah. it, you know, at some point it's on the players. When we talked last night, Peter Mrazek was bad in that start and probably made it look a lot worse than it actually was. But they've got to find a way. Like the Dallas game was just, what in the hell? You're a 4-1 to with 10 minutes to go. Get it together. Yeah. Pull it yeah. together. Think- if you got to ice it for nine minutes, do it. Find a way. I think that start of the season and that four-game winning streak earlier it was more of a curse than a blessing to Luke Richardson because then people had the expectation that that's what we're going to see all season, even though when it was like, no, this is clearly an anomaly. Like, let's enjoy this fun little game, little streak of success because they're not going to happen very often this season. I think some people were got like saying, hey, maybe this team isn't as bad as we thought, and now it's the opposite and they're kind of upset like what happened to that team well that's not the real blackhawks right yeah let's go to uh, the next question here steven if you can throw it up there um here's this one's from kevin this is a pretty good question who on the roster is improving under the new head coach philip kershev tops that list for me i think that's for sure i think you could say andreas atanasiu has added a two-way dimension to his game that we didn't really expect to see from him this year um, mm-hmm. he, he gets some credit for making him look better. Um, you know, there's just not a lot of prospects on the team that are going to take huge steps, right? It's just, you know, it's a lot of, yeah, there's guys that are set with Jonathan Taves has played his best hockey in years. It's probably <laughs> yeah. not fair to give Luke Richardson that credit, but if you're, if we're answering the question of who's looked better under the new coach, he's definitely one of them. Yeah. You know? Year to year, year, year over year. It's, it's Jonathan Taves is, is in that conversation. Yeah, I think Philip Kurishev is definitely um, being given a regular role, kind of give, being given more of a, a defined role 
needed needed that and i think he's he's made the most of that opportunity um another player that i think maybe it's just you know again making the most of an opportunity but jason dickinson like i don't think again i i didn't know much about his career or or you know anything he he really did before this season um but nothing jumped off the page uh when 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 going back and kind of looking at his at his career path and I, he's been relatively effective, um, and I, I I don't know if that's just he's getting more time here than he did ever in Dallas or or did in in, in Vancouver, um, but I think you know he's he's making the most of an opportunity, and and that that could be uh, from from Richardson, you know, pushing the right buttons. Yeah, I it, it's it's hard to you know uh, because like I said, there are no developing real players on this team. I guess you could say Taylor Radish has been better lately. Um, Sam Lafferty, when he joined the Hawks, that was last year, a uh, different coach, but he's been kind of the same guy since he got here. Yeah. Um, Narfin brings up Jared Tenorti, who's been decent and surprising at times. That's a guy who was a career AHL player who's playing top four minutes for you and doing a pretty decent job. Look, he's not, you know, Nicholas Lindstrom by any means, but he's coming here and is, provided some <laughs> steady Luke Richardson style defense, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So I, there are some, there are some, it's just, it just right now there's the only one you could really look at is who needs to develop is Philip Kurashev. And I think all of us would agree that Kurashev has really been a nice addition this year and has been, and has gotten better and has earned his spot on the top six. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another guy I'd add to that. Another guy I'd add to that list that's that's played well under Luke Richardson is a guy we all joked about. I just joked about a couple minutes ago, but Jack Johnson has been a lot better than we gave him credit for coming into the season. We all kind of joked and said, oh, man, Jack Johnson, look at the numbers. He's just here to help the tank. And that might not necessarily been untrue, but he's been solid this year. He's He's been – there haven't been many times he's been out there and you've been like, oh, crap, Jack Johnson's out there. Hold on to your like he's been fine. Like he's been much better than expected, I think. So I don't again, with a veteran like Jack Johnson, is that because of Luke Richardson? I don't know. Who knows? But he's been better than expected. Yeah, I, I think knowing who is how how people are how players are developing under Richardson, I don't think we'll know until we get to maybe midseason next year when we yeah. see some prospects come up maybe later this season and then into next season or start next season with, with a couple of, of younger guys, um, guys that are in Rockford right now. Jason brings up a good point in the chat and says, it's hard to rate a bunch of bottom pairing defensemen playing well above their heads. That's it. I mean, this team yeah. is Seth Jones and basically an arsenal of, of bottom pair defensemen. Look, Connor Murphy and Seth and, and Jake McCabe, if they're on a contender, that might be your bottom pair. And it's not a knock on those two. They're probably on an average team, at least Murphy's middle pair. Jake McCabe is probably an elite five or a pretty good six or a pretty good four. Yeah. Um, but th I mean, that's it's Seth Jones and a bunch of guys, basically. So it's, you know, it is really hard to evaluate. They'd be number ones on the Maple Leafs. How about Caleb Jones? Is he yeah. worth it? I mean, yes, he's had some. When you look at the end of the game stat sheet, he's had that a minus five, and there have been some costly mistakes. But you know, when he's in a situation to succeed, you know, on the bottom six and uh, on the bottom pair rather, and playing those sort of minutes, he's he's sort of taken advantage of those opportunities. Like as soon as Seth came back, Caleb has looked a hell of a lot better because he's being deployed properly. Yeah, he doesn't have to play 20 minutes and play in all scenarios. Like, he doesn't have to be his brother. He can be the number six defenseman, play on the power play, play some, you know, some lower responsibility minutes and be fine. And that's, honestly, that's who he is. And it, I, I agree. Since Seth has come back, Caleb has benefited from it. Yep. All right, Steven, let's get to the next one here. This one from Sung Hyun on Discord. If you want to join our... Diehards only Discord, allchgo.com. Become a diehard and you will get access to our Discord page. He says, should we be concerned if more players-only meetings happen as the season progresses and the losses keep coming? Well, the losses are going to keep coming. Like th That's inevitable. It's a matter of how they lose, right? It's one thing to, like the Pittsburgh game where you 
you fall behind, you battle back, and you lose in the last second, or like Montreal, you lose in overtime. It's another thing to lose seven to two or to blow a four-one lead. There, there's there's different degrees of losses. Um, I mean, look, if things like that keep happening, then yes, I think there is there is reason for concern. Um, but if they just happen to be losing three two, four two, three one, like just kind of normal quote unquote losses, that's kind of exactly what this team is designed to do. Yeah, like the 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 season opening game against the Avs, like we we were half joking, but it was like, oh, it's going to be like eight to one, and it was it was five to two. It wasn't close, but it also was like, oh, this wasn't the the ass kicking we expected it to be. And you know, against teams that are not the Avs, you know, those those results can be like you said, like competitive losses. If 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 that's what's what the case is for these Blackhawks, and it's going to be because they're going to be out talented, outmatched in most games that they play. Um, as long as they're competitive, as long as there's things you can point to and say, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is something you can build on. Um, the, the, the players only meetings shouldn't continue to, to, to be happening. It's, it is the, the losses that you're just like, you know, are the, the, the embarrassing losses. Those are the ones that you have to be concerned about. And if those keep continuing and if we say, Oh, okay. Players only meeting players only meeting like, Honestly, it does come down to the players. Like Luke Richardson can can X's and O's and, and system and, and put all these guys in the right positions. And for the most part, they're being in the right positions. I don't really want I don't I'm not really seeing too many games where there are astronomical breakdowns that lead to blowouts like we saw last season. Um, this season, I think it's it's just that they don't have the horses to 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 keep to keep up with most teams. So um, it's 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 down to the players to to try and dig deep uh, in those situations. But I, I don't think teams t- uh, player only meetings are are very frequent. So if there's another one, um, I, I really don't know what would, what would bring it about. Yeah. And players players only meetings with teams that have very low expectations are a little weird too. Like it's one thing if you're the Colorado Avalanche and you're 30th in the league after a month, maybe you have a players only meeting, but Right, right. When you're exactly where you're where you were expected to be, it's like, okay, all right, have another meeting, guys. Yeah, and I think we should be cautious of like referring to it as necessarily a players only meeting. Like you said, Luke is not someone who's in the locker room most of the time anyway after a loss. He lets the players sort things out by himself. He said that over and over again. So if he wasn't in there, that's normal. And if they just decide to say, hey, wait, before we go talk to the media, let's all talk it out in here real quick. Okay, ready, break. I guess technically that's a players-only meeting, but I don't know if it was like called to order and Jonathan Tay's like, everybody in here right now. You know what I mean? I don't know if it necessarily yeah. – I, I don't know. It might have been, but – I don't want to jump to that conclusion that, well, Luke wasn't in there. Well, he's never in there. He does not bug the guys after the game. He wants his leaders to lead and take control of the team. Mm-hmm. That way he doesn't want to be a meddler. So, you know, it's it's unique. Um, we're going to tell you about our, our uh, great sponsors coming up here in a second. But reminder, Sunday, got another CHGO Chicago football tailgate against the hated bastards from Wisconsin. Come join <laughs> us this Sunday. 8.30 a.m., the festivities kick off at Michigan and Roosevelt. Food from Green Ridge Farm, beer from Goose Island, water from Liquid Death. That is a three for three, my friends. That is about as amazing of a trio as you can get. Go to allchgo.com to secure your tickets. All food and drinks are included with your ticket. You don't need a ticket to the football game to come to the tailgate. By the way, you can just come hang out with us and then head home and watch the bar at a watering hole or go home, whatever you want to do. You don't need a ticket to the Bears game to come to the CHGO tailgate. So go to allchgo.com to secure your tickets and join us out there on Sunday at 830. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a, a situation where the tailgate is going to be way more enjoyable than the game if we have a Nathan Peterman, Jordan Love uh, quarterback quarterback oh, matchup. I saw that Fields might play. A quick, quick note: if you're, bu- 
Yeah, maybe. I hope my fantasy team hopes so. Uh, <laughs> a, a quick note for our diehard members: if you want to do the tailgate, make sure you're clicking on the diehard link on the web your account, uh, as opposed to heading just to the normal link. Uh, you'll see that over at allchjo.com. Make sure you're getting your diehard benefits of discounted tickets to our official professional football tailgates. There you go. Yeah, and if you're a diehard, that means you like uh, spending your money right, spending it well, spending it smart. And uh, if you're into that and you're into saving money and saving energy, uh, you should definitely check out our friends over at ComEd with their energy efficiency programs committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, manage energy usage, and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facilities, energy usage, and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor outdoor lighting and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost effective than before. Uh, if you want to reach out to them, you can visit comed.com slash powering biz to start saving money and energy and to start a project. You can call them at 855-433-2700 for more information, email business EE at comed.com or public sector EE at comed.com. And we know we told you you don't need a ticket to the uh, Bears game on Sunday to join us at the tailgate. But if you're looking for one, the best place to get it as is at game time. Go to the uh, description of this podcast, hit that like button on your way down, and then go to our game time link to save on Bears tickets. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site, and it makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in your seat you never thought you could. 50-yard line, courtside. How about right along the Green Bay sidelines? You can tell Aaron Rodgers what you think of it. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal on Chicago tickets this season. They're created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. So if you're on some other ticketing website and you see a lower price, reach out to Game Time. They will beat the deal. That is a guarantee. And if you love CHGO, then you will love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in our description. Join over 15 million people who've downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. And, fellas, we were looking at the Hawks' uh, upcoming schedule on Game Time uh, last night. Edmonton in town Wednesday night. By the way, 8.30 puck drop at the United Center on Wednesday. Yay. Yeah, late 17 one. bucks. To come and see uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers at the United Center. $17 gets you in the door. So jump on game time using that uh, link in our description, and you will save. That's going to be fun, except for the start time. But I will not complain <laughs> publicly about the start time because I love no. my job. There you go. I'm not going to bitch about it. Plus, we get free soup. Yeah, that's right. And gummy bears and Whoppers and whatnot. Hopefully they it's worst worst jobs to have than walk pay, being paid to watch NHL hockey at eight thirty at night. That's yeah. right. All right, Stephen, let's fire up the next one here. Bob B or Bubb says, Bobby. "Now that we're a quarter of the way into the season, over under, do you think the Hawks get to twenty five wins this year? Uh, no well, chance in hell. They're at <laughs> they're at six, six. through twenty five percent. So twenty five percent times four is one hundred percent. Six times four is twenty four. I don't think they do it. I don't. I don't think they do it. Matter. And they're, they're the roster is going to get worse as the season goes on. Yep. I don't think they do it. It's tough to see. Hate to see it. Yeah. Hey, Connor Bedard, fifty-three points in twenty-four. Yeah. Games. I. I, <laughs> I. Uh, I would. I'm not sure. I'd even bet at twenty wins at this point, but we'll see. Oof, that's gonna be rough. It's, uh, hey. It is what it is. Yeah, it's what I mean. It's what they're designed to do. Region Rev is excited because we're going to see double anthems, as we've seen the last few games. I love the old double anthem. I like when Jimmy does it in French too. 
There's been a lot of Canadian teams coming through the uh, the UC recently. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, honestly, it it started as a bit, but I I truly believe it. They should just sing both at every game. Like the majority of the league is Canadian. Like, just do it. Who cares? It's it's a good song. It's a good time. Yeah, I I love it. It's the better of the two songs. Greg, why why are you so un-American? It is a better song. There's no doubt about it. And whether or not you prefer Canada or U.S. is a different story, but it's a better anthem, hands down. I, I, there's no doubt. You, you guys don't have the national anthem on your iPods? Uh, I don't have an iPad anymore. I'm only 44. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Got, no. Yeah. It's uh, it, it is a it is a certainly better anthem. I don't think I don't think anyone would really argue with that, would they? I think it's pretty. No, no, I'm just I'm trying to have some fun. I also like the uh, remember in Rocky Four, the Soviet national anthem. That sounded really like intimidating and like. Oh yeah, scary. You know that was a cool one too. Anthem draft. Yeah, there we go. Nobody does the Russian national anthem better than Nikolai Volkov. R.I.P. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. He won't be doing any more of those though. That's for sure. All right, Stephen. Let's uh, fire up the next one here. Uh, here's Chuck Omoko, our buddy, says, what will the Hawks roster look like next season? Is Anaheim's current season, year two of the rebuild, a window into the future of the Hawks' lack of success in 2023-24? It's it's interesting uh, that we're going to make the Anaheim comparison here because they should be better than they are. Like, they've got their two cornerstone pieces and um, yeah. in McTavish and in Zegris. Like they should be and like the rest of the team around them isn't great, but it's also not terrible by any means. Yeah, I think it's it's been really under underwhelming to see to see Anaheim with McTavish and Drysdale and Zegris and Troy Terry. Like like those are some of the young guys that I think the, the team is is hanging a lot of their uh future on. Um, so you would have thought, you know, that they'd have turned a little bit of a corner, but yeah, it looks like they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be down with uh, with the Blackhawks in the standings here for maybe the rest of the season. But I think looking at next season, uh, like we said earlier, there's no way that Lucas Reichel shouldn't be on that roster for the full season. Um, you know, I, I got prickly on Twitter today, but a lot of people were saying like. You, you got to, you know, bring in the young guys and see what you have with your prospects. Like you don't, this season is not about that. This rushing prospects to the NHL before they're ready, just to get their, their heads caved in when they're 18, 19, 20 years old and ruin their, you know, ruin their, their confidence, ruin their development path, like stunt their stunt, their growth at the NHL level, just to say, Oh, well, here's all the prospects. Like, that's not how you do it. We said it this offseason. You can't just say, here's the Rockford Icehogs as the Blackhawks and figure it out from here. Like that that's just not how it's gonna how it's gonna work. Next season, you will see Lucas Reichel, you will see Philip Kurashev, you will likely see uh you know some of these young uh defensemen like an Alex Vlasic, like an Alec Regula. Isaac Phillips might be coming up. Um, you know, you you might see some of these uh, some of these junior players maybe jump to the professional game. Like, I, th- I think next season you're going to have a lot more of the uh, young prospects sprinkled in with some of the veterans. I don't think many uh, of the veterans are going to be left over, other than Seth Jones, maybe one of Connor Murphy, Jake McCabe. Um, as is really not much uh, there's not much uh bolted down to the floor with this team right now so i think you're going to get a, a an injection of youth next season um but it'll still be a learning it'll still be a learning curve it'll be a learning season yeah that'll be growing pains and those those are to be expected but that i think you know i i just don't know for people who are saying like oh you know call people up and see what you have why what is it this season is a wash like and it's not like they tried and failed, and now you have to just live with the fact that, okay, like last year. Last year, we're yeah. like, maybe playoffs, maybe just maybe. Then they suck, and you got to battle through the entire season and try to salvage what you can. This yeah. year is going as, exactly as it was planned to go. This is exactly what it's supposed to look like. This is exactly how this roster is built. And I don't know what 
throwing up Josiah Slavin is going to do. And you have to remember, as fans, it would be irresponsible for Kyle Davidson to make a move to appease the fans, to throw them uh, a cookie and say, all right, well, we know it's been tough, so here's Lucas Reichel. Oh, yeah, good, we lost 4-3 uh, to three instead of 4-2. to two. You know what I mean? Like, it just it doesn't accomplish anything aside from bringing up a prospect that might not be ready yet and putting them in a bad situation and learning bad habits. And then you can, then you start getting in the B conversation again, like you've done with some other prospects you've had to move on from. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, this just, just we just got to suck it up. There's only 60 this, more to go. Yeah, this season, um, if, if you don't believe it yet, I don't know what to tell you. This season is it. It's not going to happen. It, and it was by design not going to happen. Look at the Rockford Ice Hogs. Look at some of the young players that that what they're doing down there. Um, you know, keep your eye on on the junior leagues. Keep your eye on the NCAA. Look at what some of those guys are doing down there, and get excited for the next season and the season after and the season after because this year is not it. I understand. We talked about this last night. I understand you want to watch a winning team every year. That's not the case. Like that's not the case. And and this this you know, recycle of the roster, this rebuild was overdue. And here it is now. Here it is now with a new a new head coach, a new GM, a very a very much brand new front office conglomerate. Um, and and I think it's it's year one of an extended time frame to get this team back to the point where you can point and say, oh, they're a cup contender. This year, wins and losses doesn't matter. What matters is the growth of your of your prospects that are currently here and being in the best position to get the best up-and-coming prospects going into next season and the season after. Being in the running for Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or Matthew Mitchkov or Leo Carlson, like that is what is important right now. And how Lucas Reichel develops, how uh, you know. Josiah Slavin is developing how uh, Landon Slager is developing, how, uh, you know, Kevin Korchinski looks, how Nolan Allen looks like those are the guys that are important right now. And yeah, they're not in the NHL. You don't need to just put them in the NHL to make them important. What they're doing right now is very important. And we've made the point a number of times with past players like, like Duncan Keith and Corey Crawford and Luke, uh, Nicholas Yalmerson needing time in the minor leagues needing extra years in junior Brent Seabrook needing extra time in juniors after being drafted before they made the jump. They needed that. Like Duncan Keith didn't jump into the league as a 19 year old and win a Norris trophy. Like that's, that's oh, yeah. un that's unrealistic there to expect huge that out of growing pains, even with them waiting to and playing some time when they did come, there were Absolutely. still nights where you looked at both those guys like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Think, think about the, the 2005 and 2006 seasons. Like, those guys were on that those teams and the teams were not good. Yeah. So you have to you have to go through that and and just wanting instant success every year. It just doesn't happen. Uh, as you can tell, Greg is having some connection issues. So we're trying to get yeah. him reestablished. Uh, in the meantime, why don't we throw up another question here, Stephen, if we can. Uh, this one comes from Colin says, if Taves continues scoring and Kane is still Kane, then what would reasonable returns look like for both players? I've heard of Kane fetching a similar return to Giroux, but assuming both players give multiple teams that, uh, they'd like to accept a trade to, what would the return look like? Well, that's the important thing to keep in mind, and I think we're we're trying to do our best to remind everybody that it will not be every contender in the bidding war for Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. Those guys have carte blanche to say, I'll accept a trade to here and here, and that's it. They can get whatever they want to do. They have the power to do. So maybe Kyle Davidson comes up and says, hey, the uh, Dallas Stars really want you, Patrick Kane. No, I don't want to go to Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Back to the drawing board, right? So if it comes down to only two or three teams bidding for those guys, the return's probably going to be less than if they were just like up for grabs for everybody. So I'm not saying like you know curb your enthusiasm or curb your expectations, um, but it is going to limit the uh, return. So if you want to go back to the Claude Giroux trade, um, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, the Flyers received forward Owen Tippett, who was one of those early picks 
that kind of needed a change of scenery, kind of a Kirby Doc style thing, and a first round pick in the 2024 or 2025 draft. That remains to be seen. And a third round pick in the 2023 draft. The Panthers also got back uh, Connor Bunneman and German Rubstoff and a fifth round pick in the 2024 draft. So lots of moving parts, but you're looking at a first round pick and a top prospect um, to begin the conversation. And look, there's not a lot of teams who are interested in moving out of this draft, by the way. Right. So keep that in mind too. Um, that's why it's it's so impressive that he already has two in the first round this year, him, his own in Tampa's. Um, but that could be the difference between, hey, give us a 2023 first rounder and and we'll call it a deal, right? If it's 2024 or beyond, they might get a little more in return. So that's going to be the balance that that uh, that 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 uh, Davis has to has to find. Yeah, and and I think, you know, it's tough because we all expected more in the Alex Debrinket trade, and I I hate I hate to agree, but I think we do have to kind of like scale back what we're thinking Patrick Kane might get, what we're thinking Jonathan Taze might get. Like the thing is though with Taze, at the beginning of the season when we were hypothetically thinking about you know deals for him we were thinking about you know what he did last year and we were thinking you might get a draft pick for him the way he's playing right now um and if he continues that up to the time where you know he decides okay I, i'm sick of it in chicago I, I do want to get traded um when he makes that decision if he's still in the top five of faceoffs, if he's still you know scoring at a, at a higher rate than, than we've seen in the last few seasons he's going to be very valuable to some of the to, to a lot of these teams um, and contending teams, you know, if, if, if you could say, oh, I, we can add Jonathan Taze, who's playing in a bounce back year at the, at the deadline or, or before, uh, to play like a second or third line role. Like that's, that's impressive, uh, for, for teams that are deep enough to be in, in, in contention at the, uh, at those times of the season. So I think maybe we might expect a little bit more than we originally did for, for, for Taze, but can, I mean, uh, it's hard to it's hard to gauge him because of the what the production is, because we all still we all still have belief in Patrick Kane because he's still Patrick Kane. Uh, but the production numbers, they don't jump off the page like I think a lot of people were still myself included. I, I still expected him to look like, oh, he's still Patrick Kane, even though the roster around him is not that great. It looks like the roster around him is starting to to hamper him a little bit. I know he's getting points, but it's not it's not goals. It's not five on five primary assists like it's 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 secondary assists it, it it doesn't it's it's not stuff that like jumps off the page even though he still leads the team in points yeah and there's a good conversation going on in the chat with a few guys i i think that most teams are not going to be spooked by patrick kane's low numbers this year they know who max domi and and uh andreas athanasiu are um they understand that they're not alex to they're not artemi panarin they're just not um and he, I think he's also going to pick it up a little bit. He is f- shooting what four, like four and a half percent, right? Shooting yeah. percentage that's going to go up. He's had some really bad luck too, so I don't think teams are looking at like, well, I don't know if I want to trade a lot for Patrick Kane because he had a down year. Well, look at the guys around him, and that matters. And and Sam actually asked a good question: like, is our Kane and Taze better than Giroux? I would say Kane is better than Giroux. I would not say Taves is better than Giroux. I think Kane has more value yeah. than Drew does as a pending UFA, uh, but I don't think Taves does at this point in his career. I mean, was is Taves? If we're comparing careers, is Taves better than Drew? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at this moment, I'd rather have Claude Drew if I got Game Seven, one game to win. Which player do I want? I think it's John. I think it's Claude Drew. Right. But. Yeah, Patrick Kane's still skill for skill. I would take over him, but not Taves. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's uh, throw another one up here, uh, Stephen, before we get to our uh, let everybody know about DraftKings. We'll do uh, one more question before that. Uh, From Tom, hypothetical, let's say the Hawks get the number one pick. Team B has, let's say, the second and seventh picks in the draft. In this coming draft, would you trade a chance to get Bedard for Fantilli and the best player available at seven? No, I'm taking Bedard. If I have the chance to take Bedard, I'm taking Bedard. Absolutely. If you have have a shot at Connor Bedard, you you. 100% 100% take it. I, I, if you can get Fantilli and someone else, fine. 
uh, but it's not going to be Connor Bedard. So and, let's let's look at yeah. just for just for funsies. Uh, let's look at the Connor McDavid draft, 2015. Connor McDavid is the unquestioned number one overall pick, right? Um, yes. Two was Jack Eichel, good player, no doubt. Seven is Ivan Provorov. Right now, hmm. would the Edmonton Oilers trade Connor McDavid for Jack Eichel and Ivan Provorov? No, they no. would hang up the phone immediately. And I'm looking at the top ten here, aside from McDavid, Eichel. Dylan Strome, Mitch Marner, okay, Hannafin, uh, Pavel Zaka, Provorov, Zach Wierenski, Timo Meyer, and Miko Rantanen. There's your top ten. Um, I, I don't know if I'm trading any of the, any combination of two of those guys for for McDavid. Marner and Wierenski for McDavid. No, no, no. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do any any of those. Any of those deals? Mm, Marner, Marner, and Rantanen might make me think about it. I but see, I think that. Those guys are are they're I still great. wouldn't, but at least think about it. Yeah, and yeah. they're great players, but they're not like they're not generational types. You know, like it's right. I don't know. I think having the dude sometimes, like the one guy you can turn a game on his head on his own, is more valuable than having two really good players for a long. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough to say because we say over and over again the Hawks won with their depth. Yeah, but they also had Patrick Kane. <laughs> right. right. And and he was the guy delivering on the, at those huge moments. How many times? And like Jonathan Taves, the athletic just did a thing for him uh, last week in their NHL top 100. Just recapping how dominant Taves was for a long time. Like we forget that there was a legitimate argument between Crosby and Taves. Yeah. So much to the point that the athletic ran a poll back then and more GMs would have taken Taves than Crosby. I mean, yeah. So the Hawks had the benefit of depth and the generational players. So that's that's the question. But I don't know. What, and Jason says Eichel and Marner. Yes, Eichel's health is such a concern. He's always hurt, and he's a certified puddlewack. You gotta you gotta factor in the puddlewack factor. Well, at, at the time of the draft, you wouldn't have known that he would have been so so injury sure. prone sure. or or had had injury issues but um yeah i mean there's no i don't think there's any combination of, of of those two players that could turn like you said turn a game like mcdavid and from every every draft analyst that we've that we've talked to um that has has really you know bro- broken down this draft class so far this uh you know leading leading through this this draft year um we talk about Bedard along with Fantilli and Mitchkov as like, those are the three guys that are in that position where, you know, you want to be in the top three because you're going to get a, a big franchise changing uh, potential franchise changing player, but it's still Bedard and then Fantilli and Mitchkov mm-hmm. in, in, in a second. They're, they're all three, the top tier, but Bedard is at, at a tier of his own. So if you have an opportunity to get a player like that, you do it. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, hey, hockey fans. It's finally here, right? Hockey season. It's time to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Listen up. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Here's what I'm looking at tonight. Uh, Tampa at Buffalo. I'm doing a Tage Thompson anytime score and a Brandon Hagel anytime score. That's plus 575. I'm betting a dollar to win 675. Not the craziest bet in the world, not the most risky bet in the world, but hell, it's fun. I love those same game parlays, and you will too. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And when you're making all those bets, those $1 bets, they can... uh... If you hit on a couple of them, you can rack up some serious cash and you're going to be looking great as uh, I, one thing I know about good betters and, and people in, in Vegas when they go out there and they they, they put down the, the bets when the bets, the high rollers, 
they need a good pair of sunglasses. Hell and that's yeah. where you, that's where our friends at Shady Rays come into play. Uh, quality sunglasses at a affordable price. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays is they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. They will send you a replacement pair if you lose or break your shades free and with no questions asked. If you drop them in a lake, drop them off a cliff, anything like that, they will replace them. And uh, even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that is as good as anyone on the market. And the Shade Race customers will agree because they have over 200,000 five-star reviews. Uh, I'm not I'm not the best at math, but I know that's over a million stars combined. Shady Rays, uh, they also do something great with every purchase. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Uh, so for our listeners, our exclusive CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is going to run their deepest deal of the season. When you go to ShadyRays.com, and you use the promo code CHGO, you can get 50% off when you buy two or more pairs. Uh, that is buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs of Shady Rays for as low as $54. That is a tremendous deal. Again, redeem only at ShadyRays.com when you use the promo code CHGO, and you can find their best and newest shades right there. All right, let's get a couple more in here before we wrap up. Go ahead, Stephen, throw up who's next. This is from Hawks 29 again from our chgo diehards discord uh, page mailbag question who will have the better record at the end of the season uh the chicago football team or the hawks and who will have the better draft pick well right now the bears have the uh number two pick uh they're well ahead of the uh texans well not well ahead i guess two games ahead of the texans so anything can happen Um, but they look pretty locked into that two spot um it's hard to say because we don't know um, I'm confident the Hawks will win more games this year than the bears do. I'll go on record <laughs> well, and say that. <laughs> I think they already have. Um, I guess but, we're talking winning percentage. Who's going to have yeah, a winning, winning, winning percentage. percentage. Well, the bears are three and eight, right? Three and three, three and nine, nine right? Three and nine now. Yeah. I don't count last week because Justin Fields wasn't there. It shouldn't count. <laughs> yeah. I think based off winning percentage, uh, win percentage, not point percentage, win percentage. Um, I think we might be looking at a better Bears record, uh, but it'll be close. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's hard to guess with with drop position because with the NHL, it's a lottery. You know, the Blackhawks could end up having the fourth worst record, but get the first overall pick. Like it's, you know, it's uh, it's that's how that's how the lottery works. But um, I am I am in the the camp that uh, rarely puts on tinfoil hats. But when I do, it is because (laughs) I believe that the NHL will not allow Connor Bedard to go to Arizona if the opportunity is there for him to go to a market like Chicago. Interesting. Um, Bears (laughs) winning percentage 250. Hawks winning percentage 381 as of this moment. So I will take the Hawks on that one, I think. Okay. I think they'll have a better percentage. All right, Stephen, how many more do we have here? Um, all right, here's from Lafferty Daniel, who joins us on every show. It seems that my prediction that Seth Jones was going to have a terrible analytic year on a terrible team is coming true. He has no forwards that can generate offense. Yeah, that's that's is this a question? True. Yeah, it's more of a statement than anything. But yeah, um, that's that that's accurate. And look, he's he's not the strongest analytic guy anyway, because a lot of the stuff that Seth yeah. Jones does doesn't show up on a fancy graph. Um. You know, nothing against those things, but if you looked at the one against, uh, what was it, the Montreal game? Yeah. Uh, Caleb Jones looked like Nicholas Lidstrom, if you're going by the game store sheet, score sheets. Right. You know, like he was all like the, the best hawk by a mile, and most people I know here don't love Caleb Jones. So there's only so much those analytics will tell you. Uh, but, yeah, Seth is certainly the victim of not being ha- having great teammates and really being the only defenseman on a team that can move the puck with any sort of regularity. He's their only offensive threat uh, as, as a, as a defenseman, only real offensive threat as a defenseman. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he has to play in every situation. Um, 
and he he's the number one defenseman on on most NHL teams. He's he's a top line guy on most NHL teams. Um, but I think <clears throat> because of the situation he was brought into, he's playing from he's playing from behind with 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 Blackhawks fans. And no matter what he does, I think there's just going to be a portion of people that just say, "Ah, oh, he's terrible. Get him out of here." Uh, you know, buy him out, and we'll we'll eat the four and a half million for. 15 years or whatever That's it is really to buy out this contract. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's look like you look, you look around the, look around the room, like who, who's, who's helping him? No one. No one. So it's, it's, it's Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Seth Jones. Those are, are the top three guys. And those are the guys that are going to have to shoulder so much. And they don't really have the supporting cast to, to really do anything about it. All right. Let's get through these last two real quick here. Go ahead, Steven, throw him up. Uh, Landon McClelland says, Hey, guys, pick one. Would you rather have Korchinski turn out to be as good as Makar to rebuild around, or this year's draft pick turn out to be our mirror image of Kane in his prime if we oh. draft Bedard, Fantilli, Mitch Calver, Carlson? You know what? Yeah. Honestly, um, I think Kale Makar is like reinventing the position. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. when, when he's done, he might be like a Mount Rushmore type defenseman. Um, so <laughs> I mean, I just think Bedard's gonna be better than Kane. Yeah. So it's hard to, you know what I mean? Like, so if, if the ceiling is Kane or Makar, if we're just going by the player, right? What they bring, what they offer, take away three Stanley cups. Cause we're just plugging in a player on a roster. I think I'm taking Makar. Yeah, prime, <clears throat> prime Patrick Kane, and getting into his prime right now, yeah. Kale McCarr. Um, I think for the next decade, you could pencil in Kale McCarr in the Norris in the Norris conversation. Yeah, and for 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 Patrick Kane, like even in his prime, he was he was a tremendous player, elite, mm. all worldly player. Um, in his prime, you know, I, I he didn't stand out like Kale McCarr does. He's one dimensional. Well, yeah, right. And, I and, mean, that's... and yeah, and and McCarr is is like you said, like he's what I'm gonna say something that I think a lot of people may may think I'm I'm jumping the gun here, but what what Bobby Orr did to defensemen back in the '60s and '70s. I think I think we're going to see a wave of that with Kale McCarr. Yeah, he and like he's he, he's the kind of guy that's going to change the way the game is played, play yeah. the way coaches think of defensemen. You know, like mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, so so yeah, if if we're saying Korchinski, um, is is a perennial Norris Trophy candidate, uh, and and a cornerstone to the franchise, I I think I take that. But again, to the point you made, I think Connor Bedard is going to be better than Patrick Kane was. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's go. We got one more to go here. Let's uh, let's jump at it real quick, and we'll wrap up. This one from Laffer. Oh, we did this one already. This Blech. is the one about Seth Jones. Uh, here we go. Skokes. Hey, Skokes. He's always with us. If you were to bet on it, what draft picks do the Hawks land with? I have no idea. Uh, the, the betting odds are the same, right? It's like, there's no advantage to one, two or three. Aren't the percentages the same? As far as the lottery, like the top three, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, so off the top of my head, I believe the, the worst record has an 18 and a half percent chance at first overall. And then I think second worst is 17 and a half. I think it goes down by like one yeah, percentage. Like min very minimal. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's very small in the grand scheme of things. Um, but again, as I said before, I will put on the tinfoil hat to say that Connor Bedard will not land in a market like Arizona and likely land in a market like a Chicago or maybe an Anaheim or maybe in a, it's not going to be Arizona. Could you imagine like, Bedard and Zegris and oh, oof. yeah, here we go. Here's the Columbus. Ugh. yeah, no, thanks. Ottawa, Ugh, if they stick around, uh, 
it, it, wouldn't it be interesting if Canadian markets landed McDavid, Matthews, and Bedard? Mm. Wouldn't it? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know it's it's not uh, kosher to say it's rigged. Um, but if there's ever going to be a draft that I want to be rigged for yeah. Chicago, it'll be this one. I, I just think it's funny that Sidney Crosby ended up in Pittsburgh and Patrick Kane ended up in Chicago and uh, Alexis, Alexis Lafreniere got to New York. And it's just mm-hmm. these things have a way of working out. So and Toronto got Austin Matthews. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and bet on them to uh, get the third pick because I always lose my bets. Ah, OK. So there you go. Do they go? Do they move down into third or up into third? Down, mm, down. Oh, oof, that's rough. Yeah. All right, let's that's... wrap things up. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Greg uh, sends his apologies. His uh, as Wi-Fi can be, it's a it's a fickle beast, and yeah. his is failing him today. It's happened to everybody. So uh, sorry he wasn't able to be with us the entire show, but no worries, he'll be with us tomorrow. We're live at two thirty. From our West Loop studios uh, after Hawks practice, we'll have a little bit of news to share. Uh, So join us at 2.30. On your way out, make sure you smash that like button. And one final reminder, it is Cyber Monday at the CHGO Locker. Save up to 50% off of everything. CHGO Die Hard, save an additional 20%. That's 70% off Cyber Monday at chgolocker.com. If you're not a Die Hard yet, go to allchgo.com. Sign up to become a diehard. You're going to get a free shirt or hat right off the bat, and then you can plug in that additional 20% on anything else you want to add to the store with that initial 50% off. So it's a great day to be a diehard. Every day is a great day to be a diehard, but especially today, go oh, yeah. to chgolocker.com to take full advantage of our Cyber Monday deals. We good? You're already on your computer. Once the show's over, go over to <laughs> go over to CHGO Locker and uh, pick up pick up that merch. Stock up. All right, fellas. Well, and not just fellas, gals, and mm-hmm. everybody watching us in the chat. Thanks for being here. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you Tuesday at two thirty on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.